2: This is Internet Marketing. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 98 of Internet Marketing. I'm joined in the studio by Professor Kelvin Newman.
3: I I wouldn't say I'm a professor. I do look a bit professory sometimes professorial i have i have no qualifications to justify me being called a professor but i do look a bit like one
2: and mr graham benstead
3: actually (laughs) i've got something
4: to say go on um i've been lying about my name ah yeah i got married um all of three months ago and I did change my name to Graham Benstead Hume, which is a bit of a mouthful.
2: Zach, so let me let me get this right. You, you married a woman, and yeah. you've absorbed her name into your name.
4: Well, yeah, I I suppose part of it is that her uh, well, her surname was Hume, which is a great name, and probably she's probably a descendant of uh, everybody's favourite um, philosopher, David Hume, and uh, okay. so it did seem like a shame to get rid of that name. And it's the initials. That's the real reason, isn't it, Graham? G B
3: H.
2: Oh, okay, yeah. so you're now you're Mister Mister Benstead Hume. Yep, a Mr. very Diggering posh sounding, very English sounding name. Yeah, yeah it's th- that
3: tash that goes with it as well. It is, Mr. yeah, Mister
4: Benstead Hume. I'm thinking about when I have a child, maybe calling it Sebastian <laughs> yeah. um, Benstead Hume. Oh, he sounds like a politician. Sebastian Benstead Hume, and the moment <laughs> moment he was born, he'd be
2: an elder statesman. <laughs> <laughs> he'd have, have to become a lord immediately. Okay, but it's a questions and answers today. I uh, have a couple of questions in my hands on paper, so there will be a slidey papery sound. Let's. Should we start? Let's go for it. Stand by, gentlemen. Mr. Benstead Hume. Mr. Ben and Mr. Stead-Hulme. Newman. Um, <clears throat> hang on. <coughs> Just clear my throat. Sorry. Um, Kelvin, love your podcast. You guys rock. Quick question. When does your book come out? I think I was referring that to, to you, Kelvin, Yeah, well, it, um, it
3: should be out fairly shortly. Um, I'm I, hang on. I haven't finished the question yet. Yeah, yeah, I know. But there's a second bit in that bit. The, the first bit is it should be by you know, beginning of January.
2: You need to set a date, Kelvin, like I yeah, did, so and, then, and then miss it. Yeah, so I no, I'm book. not
3: setting a date unless I can commit to it. But that, okay. that, you know, that's the aim, early January.
2: Uh, he, he then goes on to say, um, I'm specifically interested in tips on how to craft communications to reach out to targeted blogs slash sites who may have an interest in my products and resources. Also, as an aside... Uh, we are in the States. I've never heard of boffins. Originally, I thought you guys had misspelt buffoons. <laughs> regards, Mike Ketchum from True Contour Sleep Systems. That's over in uh, Carmel. What does IN... Which state is IN? Indiana. Um, uh,
3: in- I'm guessing. It Indiana- is it Indiana? I oh, assume. Oh, You're going to slam us now, aren't I you? All te- you, te- <laughs> you,
2: you United States listeners yeah, for not sorry, knowing these I'm not abbreviations. on the
3: state codes. But yeah, no, I mean... I think it's an interesting question. So how do you reach out to, to bloggers um, as, a, as a process, mm. really? Um, I mean, my first tip would be to realise that the people who are running um, blog websites are either doing it as a personal hobby and passion, um, or it's work, but they're very creatively involved in that process. So therefore, that probably gives them a slightly different approach to kind of a journalist You know, a traditional journalist working for an offline publication because it's a hobby. So therefore, they take it very, very seriously, but also want to be um, kind of treated with respect because it's you know it's not their day job here. It's uh, you know something they're doing out of of fun. So my first tip would be never ever contact a blogger having only visited their website once, because not only will you not know um, whether they really are the right sort of blog to be getting in contact with. Also, you won't know the, the right tone to be talking to them because so, that you know bloggers vary hugely in their approach. They might be very very professional. They might be very very amateurish. They might be you know all kinds of possible permutations of, of the type of person behind a blog. So you really need to be able to appreciate are they really a good match for your website and what's the type of person behind it before you get in contact. Um, so the, my approach I typically suggest is you when you're doing kind of blogger outreach, you start by finding the most obvious blogs in your sector. And that's a, a starting point. You go into Google blog search, you type in your keywords, see which ones come up. More often than not, they'll probably be the biggest blogs in the sector. So probably the most likely to be getting pitched to all the time. So probably the least receptive to any kind of um, attempts you make to kind of pally up with them. So what I then do is then go, well, let's see who these main blogs are linking out to. So who's the kind of subsidiary blogs below that, who are part of the ecosystem, part of the, the, the world and still very integral to the, that, that niche, but perhaps not the highest profile websites there. And then visit each of those websites, um, go through a process of eliminating some that you think just clearly aren't a match for you for whatever reason. Then maybe you'll narrow yourself down to a kind of more manageable number, maybe a dozen, 24, something like that kind of websites sign up for the RSS feed of all of them. And then spend a couple of weeks just, you know, in, in, you know, um, sort of immersing yourself in the content they're producing so you're familiar about them you know what that blog's about you know the personality of the writers you know the approach that they take now over that period i would then say well begin to get yourself noticed by those bloggers that can be in a number of ways it could be retweeting their content it could be leaving comments on their blog posts it could be dropping them an email to suggest an additional link to one of their um, blog posts that's not beneficial to you you're doing it kind of Help them out generally, just kind of do some things to get on their radar um, and begin to get them to realize that you are an active reader of theirs. Now, over a period of weeks, possibly months, you'll begin to start to really understand who they are, really have a sense of how you should communicate with them, and then hopefully they'll begin to know who you are in the process. And in doing that, then when you do make that outreach attempt, you're not an absolute stranger who's visited the site once. Wants a huge favour from them, and then just doesn't care about it anymore. You're a reader of theirs, and mm-hmm. if you have that connection, it works very well. And you know, it's, it works the same in, with the podcast. Here, we know who the people who listen. You know, we know we've got seventeen thousand listeners, but there's probably you know five or six hundred of them who are quite active in the way that they promote us. And we're kind of yeah, we might not know all of those people by you know by name, but we do kind of recognise avatars, recognise usernames, recognise websites, and that. So then, when those people ask the questions. We always kind of put them to the front of the queue, as it were, because it's that level of appreciation that you get there. So that would be my t- sort of process. Mm. I go for. I'm sure Graham's probably got some ideas as well about how you go about reaching out to bloggers. Come on, Mister oh, Ben no. said Do, Hume, being, give being,
2: give us the deal. Being
3: a social bunny. I
4: um I suppose for me to begin with, the, the question. And the way that you're approaching uh, this is may- maybe could do of having just a quick look at. So you're looking at crafting communication to reach out to blogs and sites who might have an interest in your product. Now, I think maybe having having a think of how you're, how you're looking at it, and perhaps I suppose the way that I'd look at it is... Um, you're get, you're, what you 're really looking for is value uh, communities that are going to value the content and resources uh, related to what you 're offering so instead of just trying to find um, perhaps some blogs or sites which you can kind of throw some content at and hopefully you know they, they might respond, I think really a, a much better way to approach this would be yeah to to start Work Start trying to work out really what you can give back to the communities, and I'm, you're going to hear me say this again and again. <laughs> social media, which I think this is fair to say social mm. media marketing, is not about using sort of the latest tools it's not about using even you know uh, the the biggest tools just to throw your content content at people. it's what it's really about is building a community around your brand. Bringing that community and nurturing it. So, really, I, I think maybe you'd be better off starting to look at perhaps what you, yeah, what you can do to offer those communities. And once you've done that, you can start to. Um, you can start kind of getting involved in those communities as as mm. Kelvin was saying you're going to be listening to what they're saying you're going to be listening to what you can what you can give them which they're going to really value and of course you know people don't have time i don't think anybody has time mm. for an advert flying up no. at them in twitter you know you, mm. you get followed by somebody who just tweets perhaps the same url again and again and you're just going to unfollow them and you you're, you're mm. very unlikely to ever actually follow the url So instead, perhaps you might look at, um, as I say, what do these people need? And then perhaps either creating new content or um, repurposing existing, uh, the existing resources, um, which you could perhaps host uh, on either your website or, um, you know, on on a blog. And um, yeah, once once you've kind of got a a specific set of communities, which you've got that sort of content for, uh, then you can start to, instead of having to kind of trawling through forums and, you know, going onto blog posts and commenting mm. and, you know, just trying, I suppose, putting yourself in a place where you hope that somebody might spot you. Yeah. Once you've got that sort of really valuable content, that, that kind of, for me, that almost gives you the sort of, the right to start to contact these sort of influencers, the yeah. actual owners of those mm. um, communities, um, because the, the reason why uh, the, you know a blog owner mm. or a community owner is is going to value like high quality mm. relevant content is because they they want the they want their readership to continue to grow. Yeah. You know that that's where they're making their money. Mm. That's that's you know the well or if not money, which, you know, in a lot of cases, it's not it's a, social it's capital. Isn't it? It? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Just the love of kind of nurturing this community. And yeah, by, by getting in contact with those guys directly, um, yeah, um, approaching them and saying, look, I've got this sort of content, mm. which I think might be really useful for your readers. And, uh, that I'd say that's probably been the very most effective yeah. method.
3: I think, I think you're right there, mm. Graham, is that you've got to remember that every website has a purpose. And if, you can do something to help that website owner fulfill that purpose. And that also benefits you as a business. Then you're both taking advantage. And then it's very hard for someone to say no to something that's beneficial to them as much as it is to you. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong in internet marketing. They're always thinking about what can, what can this do for me Mm. rather Mm. than what can this do for the, for both of us, collaboration exactly. is the key. Yeah, it very is. much so. Very and much.
4: Uh, just just to yeah uh, finish that off, um, I'd say once uh, that content is on, you know, on on the blogs and you know these targeted sites, uh, make sure that you <laughs> make sure that you participate. Make make sure that you stay involved with that mm. because you know, if if you really really want to start to build this community, if you've got this opportunity of your lovely content in the faces of all the people that you most want it to be in front of if you just step back and you're not involved in that that's just a terribly just a missed opportunity so um use tools such as social mention yeah i'd say um I, I think that's probably my favourite one. Um, there are others. Uh, how Sociable? Yeah. I, I don't know if you've uh, yeah. used that one. That's uh,
2: Have we talked about these on previous shows? I think we might have mentioned them we before. We yeah, house, have we yeah. mentioned... How is it, house house Sociable house and so- Social so- Mention is Social it? Mention, yeah. yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have that's we it. mentioned Social Mention?
3: Um, I think we have. Um, if okay. not, we should have, because we, it's a very good tool. Okay,
2: is. All right, should we mention it now, or... Um,
3: Mention, mention, mention social mention. <laughs> yeah. It's socialmention.com. Well, at, at least we can link to it it, isn't yeah, show. Yeah, I know well. that um, yeah. when um, when Dan, Dan Rouse has been on the shows recently, he's talked about some of these kind of reputation mm. management tools and they probably fall into that category. But social mention and how sociable are two yeah. that I know I rate, and I've done nothing yeah. yeah. you rate um, as well. Yeah. Social
4: mention is, uh, of course, uh, Brightonian. Um, oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, starting in Brighton. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, by a friend of mine, actually. Oh. Uh,
1: That's Jonathan, uh, isn't
4: it? Mr. Jonathan Markwell. Mr. Mr. Jonathan. Yeah. Are we allowed to give him a shout out? Yeah. Of course we can. Jonathan Markwell. Oh, what a guy.
2: Shouting out to Jonathan right, Markwell, instigator of how sociable. How sociable. Yeah. And most importantly, of course, uh, to do with this question, who can explain what a boffin is to uh, to Mike?
3: Oh, um, a bof-
2: quint- quintessentially English
3: word. Yes, boffin. it's kind of, I suppose, on a similar route as uh, kind of geek and nerd. Mm. Yeah, so b- boffin. the boffin at school would be the person who was the cleverest, if yeah. you know what I mean, but probably a little bit socially awkward, I think. Is the be- being, <laughs>
4: being a consummate professional, I've done uh, some research on this. Oh, great. Um, the closest term in the US is probably egghead. Egghead. Uh, and so yeah. we're looking at scientists, doctors, engineers, um, anybody who's particularly clever, perhaps, in
3: a certain field. So perhaps we were being a little bit kind of um, overconfident, describing ourselves as boffins there. But n- <laughs> never mind, never mind. And maybe we're not quite in the same league as that. But we we try our best to be intelligent and helpful, don't we, Andy?
2: <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> with that, should we move on to the yes, second quick, paper quick. We're question? Digging, I'm think, myself a big hole weird. I think we've got a third sort of personally asked question, but you'll cover that in a minute. Won't you, Graham, Mr. Graham Hume, Ben said Hume, Ben said Hume. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Hi, Calvin. Um, enjoying uh, your and Andy's podcast very much and have learned quite a bit from listening. I have a few micro-sites aimed at ranking for a particular niche phrase, then presenting Google AdSense ads on that site for uh, for pay-for-click revenue from Google. Currently, one of my sites will be ranked fourth or so on Google's first page for the search term, but then uh, in a couple of days, it's gone from that ranking and is nowhere to be found. Then after a few days, it will pop up, ranked high again, for May, I apologise for the helicopter sound we've got a police helicopter hovering over for, I think oh. they're after Kelvin
3: yeah I'm on Just, the run I'm back, the back run. to the letter Um crimes uh, uh, against hair I think that's probably my <laughs> yeah. crimes against fashion that's <laughs> for sure yeah. yeah
2: then after a few days it will pop up um, again ranked high again for maybe a day or two again but then it's
0: are you ready to enhance your future in tech then it's time to make your move to the UK
2: on this pattern has continued for some time i tried rewriting content uh, thinking maybe it was too similar to some other site out there even though i could find none close to mine any ideas on what's causing this and ways to fix it thanks again for the podcast and information you guys provide steve
3: in texas cool yeah i think there's probably a few potential things in play here i mean one is there in some of the recent updates at google of which um, The Google Vince update was sort of initially known as the big brand update, but it's sort of in my mind morphed as we've begun to understand it a bit more to be more and more about usage data. Now, I don't know whether this is the particular case in this example, um, but I've seen on certain websites of our clients where they've been moving up the rankings, they almost get a few tries a day on search terms to see how well they perform. Because if you imagine Google... They have every single piece of conceivable data about um, search websites performance on search results pages so if you imagine you have two search results pages and one of those websites in position two gets a significantly higher click-through rate in position two than a normal position two would across that vertical across all verticals so say you've got you know website X in position one and website y in position two and position the one in position two so website y is getting more clicks than a website should in that position google can be fairly confident that although their other ranking algorithms have put them in that sequence that perhaps there's something not quite right there so what they do i think in some cases is they're almost seeing where you should be seeing if you're getting the click-through rate if you're not they're kind of turning you down a bit and if you do well they're leaving you in that position so there's i think that might be part of it there as well yeah
4: very very quickly mm. i had
3: a friend um a dear friend <laughs> who uh, had a website
4: for a charity yeah. and she spent two days yeah. uh sitting in her bedroom clicking yeah. on her google result yeah. so that she could improve in her rankings yeah. Um, that was Ooh, dear, before dear, I dear. spoke to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think it's probably quite important
3: yeah. to uh, mention. Oh yeah, d- I don't think d- that. No, no. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend doing that. And what I'm suggesting there is that, and you know, if anything, Google would be able to see that a mile away. And it, I don't think it's as simplistic as a kind of if you click on your result all the time, you're going to go up in the Google rankings. But what I do think is, in aggregate across all different search terms, Google are probably trying slightly different versions of their ranking algorithm um and seeing which ones perform the best as it were and on one version of that algorithm you might be good enough to be on the first page but another ever so slightly different version of that algorithm and um, where it's just kind of slightly different me- and tweak on one of them you might not be there as well i mean another thing i know graham was going to bring up as well when we we're talking about this beforehand is the possibility of personalized results so i mean everyone's results are personalized to some extent aren't they i mean and you can turn it I mean, I'm probably jumping on your toes here with a bit you're going to say, Graham. But that's I fine, mean, that's fine. Um, yeah, I, I was going to say
4: um, just to make sure that um, it's Google and sort of not something at your end. It, it might be worth using uh, a ranking tool, perhaps um, uh, just just to see uh, if, if those results agree with you. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, I as you say, it, it could be um, something to do with. Um, personalized yep. results so one one day you might be logged in one uh, into your Google account and mm. the next day perhaps not I you know I,
3: I, I assume you know that's mm. and what's also probably an interesting question that um, would be to look in is not just where are you in those search ranking results but what's everyone else up to so is, when you jump up is there another website that jumps down accordingly as well so you've got to bear in mind that with all search results it's not just you doing seo you just trying to get higher in the rankings there's other people doing stuff as well and perhaps for every time you go up it's not actually so much you going up it's someone else going down so it's a interesting query i think i don't think necessarily changing your content all the time is going to have a huge impact other than the fact that potentially every time you change your contact google will respider it and go oh this is great new content we will give you a little bit of a boost for a little bit of a period of time and then you drop down that might be part of the mix i'm probably inclined to say it probably isn't but um you know they do tend to favor new pages so if you add new pages to your site you will often find they'll rank very well for a couple of weeks and then disappear off that because google are giving you a bit of a boost because you're topical um but that tends to be with new index pages rather than changes to existing pages mm. um so i think i think probably what we're looking at here is just that kind of natural variation that there's no such thing as a static search engine result now so every time every time every person searches they might get potentially a slightly different version mm. if me um Annie and graham all we'll go back to our computers and search for the same term potentially we're getting three different sets of results some of that's different data centers where google have different data on different data centers that you are served. some of it's due to these usage updates a big part of its personalization and you know you can't be certain of any ranking which is why ranking reports are useful but um i wouldn't rely on them as your only form of seo reporting it needs to be about kind of performance doesn't it really
2: we live in an uncertain world, don't we? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I,
4: I, I'd say, as, as just a bit of advice, uh, mm. don't get downheartened.
3: I think that's the main thing. Well, just keep, keep on going.
4: Yeah. And, and the yeah. way I
3: would say is that the fact that if the search engines are showing you in a high performance some of the time, yeah. that's showing that you're improving. Um, what I would be more concerned about if you'd always been in those top results and you're starting to disappear intermittently, um, what that would tend to show is that there's a good chance you might end up ultimately in the higher position. So a good indicator mm. for, the, for, the, for the listener there.
2: Graham, you had an interesting question, didn't you? I did have an interesting
4: question. It's been one that I admit I've thought about in the yeah. past, and uh, it's been asked of me uh, quite recently mm. um, by a web developer friend of mine. Mm. And he uh, really asked, I, I suppose in, for, for some of us who, who mm. love the internet, I, I know i love the internet which mm. is which is why i work in it and um I, yeah my my friend quite succinctly asked um can internet marketing ever make the
3: internet better so is is it in a place which can make the internet mm. better i mean yeah i think the i think a lot of us in internet marketing whether we've done naughty stuff or not um, which i don't tend to think i have but um we've got a lot to answer for because spam that's internet marketing yes. um every day you're getting link requests that's internet marketing that's you know spam as well so there's a lot of stuff that is done in the name of internet marketing that um doesn't do us any favors in terms of improving the web there's all kinds of websites which only exist to try and get a little bit of search engine traffic and get a few google clicks there's content that's reused there's hacking of websites just um just to insert some links in there that's internet marketing as well so that there's a lot of very bad stuff we've done i mean I, um, not we i mean we collectively not we as in you know us around the table but um, this, this does remind me a bit of that that sketch
2: from monty python and the holy grail where they say what have the romans done for us then yeah, yeah. <laughs> well they brought us sewage systems uh. and roads and pipes <laughs> yeah. and
3: things and yeah. but what's the internet what's the internet marketing done for us then yeah but similarly yeah i think andy's right there's a lot of positive things as though, that, well there as well because websites are better because people have had to produce better websites in order to do better on Google. So there's definitely that part of it there as well That that's you know part of the equation. Personally, I think I have, and I try to encourage people um, who we're working with to try and see that everything you're doing in internet marketing should be to try and make the web a bit better place. It might be a lot better as a consequence of it, but never add anything to the web that you think is making it worse um, for a number of reasons. One, because yes i'm a bit of a hippie yes i love the internet that's part of it there but a big part of it is you're just not going to get very far you know google and co and all the social sites and all the people behind it are getting cleverer and they want good stuff they don't want average stuff or bad mm. stuff average isn't going to get you any attention anymore um so you've got to be trying to produce good stuff and hopefully that good stuff is something that adds uh adds to the internet rather than you know, and I think everyone's kind of got a karma account, if you know what I mean. And every time you ask a favour, you're taking a deduction from your karma account, and you need to keep that balanced, or you're not going to end up doing very well online. I mean, what do you think, Andy? You're oh, looking like you're
2: busting to say something, or you know, not not particularly. I, I just thought I'd let you guys. I was been lazy and sitting back, letting you two guys be talking, <laughs> twiddling knobs and things.
3: But yeah, I mean, so what do you reckon, Graham? Do you think that we we ought to be doing more to um, try and? Um, Improve the reputation of internet marketers? Well, over
4: um, a nice pint of some such um, in the local pub, I was um, speaking uh, to to the friend who asked me that question. And um, I suppose my first response was that it's fair to say, although the internet is a free and beautiful place at the moment, um, and hopefully uh, it will continue to be, it has grown and it is what it is because it allows people to promote themselves yeah. and it allows people to you know make those profits it, amaz- yeah. it allows people to have those sorts of business connections mm. you know it, it it is what it is and although it would be lovely if it was all just free content to yeah. go around um without anybody you know having to spend any money and yeah. without anybody gaining anything yeah. that that's not a way that's not a way that it could exist yeah um, you know, and, and the very fact that we do have so much free, free resources, free tools it is, is all on the back of that. So mm. I suppose that that was my initial response. Uh, after that, I mean, I like to think of myself as part of that sort of mindset of the the people who go out of their way to make sure that everything mm. I do uh, for clients is going mm. to be valuable. As well as the clients as, uh, to to the customers and mm. to the users. And I, I think especially with um, the sort of advent of the more sort of looking at engagement and, um, you know, um, as, as I was saying, sort of communicating with influencers more than ever, we are going out and we're looking at what people want yeah. and we're creating it for them. Yeah. And that, that's that a really, that's a, a really thing, yeah. valuable thing oh, yeah. absolutely and um yeah, so I mean you know as you say there, there's sort of black hat there's white hat mm. there's you know there, there are many different sort of facets to to uh online sort of uh, marketing, but I think in the end, as people kind of get more and more educated yeah. about what they can be achieving mm. whilst bringing value to yeah.
3: to their users i I, I think it's only going to get better mm. and in terms of another sort of good deed person online who's worth checking out who's been terribly banned from Twitter and Facebook because a chap called Salty Droid as in salty as in um, like has salt mm. on it um, mm. and basically what he is doing he's got a very peculiar writing style but what he his, he has made his modus operandi um, going after the internet marketing gurus who are conning people and there are it's probably a worse problem in the States than it is in the UK um but these kind of sign up for my um, scheme. It'll be four thousand dollars, and I'll tell you how to make a million dollars in in in, in yeah. and and essentially all they are are kind of Ponzi schemes and you know pyramid schemes and the like. Um, and yeah, he's made quite a few enemies of the people who are doing this. But in terms of some internet marketers who are giving us all a bad reputation, um, Salty Droid I think is um, doing a good job at trying to name and shame some of those people right. so if you're thinking of signing up for one of these i can make you rich in 15 minutes by doing no work with your eyes closed websites which i don't imagine many of our subscribers are naive enough to go for that but if if you know a friend who's looking at that have a look at salty droid because he names and shames a lot of the, the people mm. behind there and i'll drop a link in the show notes
4: fighting the good fight yes definitely
3: <laughs> but i mean what's the shame about it though is he's been banned from twitter banned from facebook because the people who he's criticising rightly. Have complained to the um, you know the people behind the websites, and they've banned him just because they don't, you know, they're you know they're saying he's doing like he's being libelous and all these kind of things and defamation. And I mean, he's a he's a um, lawyer, so he's kind of knows where he's stood on these things. And he's not saying anything he shouldn't be, really, but. Uh, they're being um, overzealous in the policing of that and it's a shame that someone who is kind of a vigilante for in a good way is being kind of silenced when these people who are actually conning people have tens of thousands of followers and no one ever pulls them up about the fact that they're telling lies so. wow
2: yeah. interesting interesting stuff okay we'd well, we better leave it there because I think this is about an hour's show uh, so far no it's about half an hour I think um, so it's goodbye for me Andy White
3: um, goodbye for me Kevin Newman
2: and goodbye for me Graham benstead Hume. And internet Esquire. marketing.
3: Esquire.
2: <laughs> internet marketing will we'll be back next week, brought to you by Site Visibility, sightvisibility.com. We'll see you next week. Have a good one. Well, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. You can find us on the internet at www.internetmarketingpodcast.org where you'll find show notes, links, and instructions on how to subscribe. We would absolutely love to get feedback, comments and questions from you. If you want to send an email, send it to kelvin.newman at sitevisibility.com. Also, feel free to comment on the website. And if you'd like to use our voice line number, if you're outside of the UK, it's plus 441273256150. If you're inside the UK, it's 01273256150. And you can leave a voice, comment or question and we'll play it on the show. Also, we would absolutely be delighted if you would give us a a rating on iTunes itself. Well, that's it for now. Andy White signing off until next week on Internet Marketing.